Hey nerds, Blue Samurai here. This is a one-off episode of Geeks of Cascadia. That's why we're calling it 1.5. You see, before Geeks of Cascadia, we had a podcast called the Yorkcon Pod Podcast. And because we were so new to podcasting, we had no idea what we were doing with our podcast. In fact, our podcast didn't even have an RSS feed feeding anywhere. <laughs> so the only way you could get our podcast was by going to the SoundCloud website. Man, were we dumb. Of course, we fixed that with our new format, but that only applies to the new stuff. We had a lot of great interviews, so instead of re-uploading all those OrcaCon pod podcasts, we decided to pick individual interviews and upload them as these .5s. So you're going to hear a podcast interview that we did last year with Alex Jarabic with Cherry Picked Games in episode 10 of the OrcaCon pod podcast. Alex is great, and in this interview, you'll learn how he got into game development and how the idea of Catalyst came about. This is a great starting point before you'll hear his second interview we recorded a few weeks ago and will be in episode 2 of Geeks of Cascadia. If you want to listen to all of episode 10 of the Orcagon Pod podcast, feel free to visit SoundCloud slash Geeks of Cascadia and scroll down. It is still there. Hey, enjoy this blast from the past and let's roll the dice. Hey nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and dragons and magic. Stupid, mindless band. There will definitely be some that, That's probably our best. That, that's, that's, our, that's our best that's feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast, featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. All right, we have a really cool special guest. We actually have a guest uh, interview that's not a staff person. <laughs> a rare moment for us on this podcast. We have Alexander Jarabic. He's with Cherry Pick Games. Um, Alex, is it okay to call you Alex? Uh, yes, please. All right. Well, hey, Alex, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, my name is Alex. I am the uh, creative director at Cherry Picked Games, home of... Uh, such games as Catalyst, Drink, and Soon to Be Conspire. I'm 28. Uh, I like improv comedy uh, and fine dining. And long walks on the beach. I'm gonna find me. So you're coming. You're coming to Orcacon uh, 2.0, right? Yes, of course. All right, awesome. And you'll be having your table and demo demoing games, I imagine. Dave, uh, yeah, demo table, booth, uh, after parties, playing drink in the bar. Uh, all the cool. stuff we usually do. Did you did you say earlier you're also on another podcast? Uh, yes, I am a, the somewhat frequent as of late panelist on the Seattle After Party podcast hosted by Comedy Sports Seattle. Awesome. Nice. That's cool. Is that on iTunes, SoundCloud? Uh, that is probably on all those things. Excellent. All of the podcasting places. All the podcasting places. <laughs> Check us out at csecseattle.com slash podcast, I hope. I hope. I like that. Um, so that's always awesome. And I always have a big question for um, game designers and creators. And For me, it's, it's what got you 
into this in the first place? I mean, what led in your personal life, I guess, just from possibly playing games to where you were like, I want to make a game, and you've done it successfully numerous times? Yeah, you're living my dream. Our dream, Thank actually, you. probably. Like I joked earlier, if we you really, hate you. If you, really, uh, <laughs> if you really just want to lose a lot of money, just start a business. Um, so what got me into games, um, I've always liked playing games, particularly video games as a child, although RPGs were a big influence on me in high school and college. Um, I originally went into software development to try to make games. Uh, I ended up at Microsoft working on cloud computing framework, which is about as far from fun, exciting games <laughs> as you can get. Microsurf. Uh, yep. Uh, I left uh, after two years um, to go to culinary school. Uh, but in between that... That's a big shift. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, in the summer, in between like starting school and leaving that job, I wrote most of Catalyst, our, our first game, a role-playing game, wrote the rules. Um, and when I went to school, I was a cook for a while. Uh, I did game design on the side, uh, like in tandem. Uh, and I got to a point where I was really fed up with, with kitchen life, and I was about ready to, to do the Kickstarter for Catalyst. So I uh, just made the switch to full-time game design. Wow, and so someone is super excited yes. in the background. Somebody yeah. either won a game or just caught the most rarest store. Pokemon. <laughs> One of the two. I am going to be so ticked if I find out there is like a legendary Pokemon just floating around here and I missed it. Like a I've been checking. I haven't seen it. Okay, cool. Yeah, me either. So you, so you, uh, you grew up around here or did you come um, from elsewhere? Or? I grew up in Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh. I went to school in Tucson down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved up here in 2009. I like it up here. It's nice. Yeah. A lot more uh, nerds and gamers up here, right? A lot more nerds and gamers. Uh, the weather is garbage. Uh, <laughs> I, I miss it being like triple digits and, oh, wow. and yeah. sunny in February and just uh, beautiful uh, people sunbathing uh, in the winter months. Wow. There's not that up I wonder, here. I wonder what that's like. Uh, <laughs> I used to be blonde because of the sun. Wow. Uh, yeah. Do you find that your, um, your improv comedy helps you be creative in the making of games? Um, I actually think it was the other way around. I went into improv because of role-playing. Oh, wow. Um, I, had, uh, I had friends that I met through doing playtests of Catalyst, uh, one of which is uh, Keeson Holt, who is one of the best improvisers in this town. If you ever get a chance to check out um, either him at Comedy Sports or at Stock Image Improv, okay. which is... Um, <laughs> Yeah, a, a diverse improv group that focuses on issues that uh, white people need to hear about. Okay. Um, <laughs> huh? Cool. Well, that would be it's... half of me. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, he he got me into, into improv because of how how well defined his characters were in our role playing sessions, and just how wow. how his personality was. And yeah, I, I took some classes and have done a few shows, and it's been yeah, it's been helpful for not only talking and presenting at these things, but uh, just being creative and being very accepting of, of yes anding is the improv motto yeah, of, yeah. of always accepting things and always building upon, uh, and that's a big influence in our latest game, Conspire, which is like a world building, storytelling, hidden role game. Uh, but that is that is a big thing. It's like you must say yes and to everyone. You must agree. You must build. You can never deny people. And I think that's the biggest. Um, I think that's something I recommend to every every person. But a game designer in particular, there's a lot of impotence to add rules that uh, deny people that like cut people off and restrict them. Yeah. Uh, but if you can build upon others and expand, it just makes everyone happier and makes a better, more compelling experience. Very very cool. And it makes sense. It's like if you're like I'm gonna. You know, you're just RPGing. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go walk over to the car, and you're not gonna be like, "Oh no, you're not." But there's a car there. Oh, it's disappeared. You're not gonna do that. 
why couldn't I just go do that? So I think that brings more of that reality in there where you're just like, oh, you know, I can do this just like with anything else. So then with that is, so you have your improv, you have that, and I've gone by your table, you're very engaging with people, it's a good personality you have, especially when you're um, promoting your game here as well. Um, how would you say, like, the game Catalyst, and I don't know too much about that, but would you say that's a game where just about any personality could host it? Does that have, like, a, that RPG, does that have, like, a game master role, or... It does. It has a, a traditional game master role. Uh, it's easier to get into than a lot of the more traditional like D and D s mm-hmm. games because it is a contemporary setting. Uh, I'll do the the elevator pitch. So Catalyst is a role playing game set in an alternate <laughs> present in which demons have invaded, bringing with them war, magic, and plague. You play as one of the remaining one percent of humanity in a desperate struggle to survive. That's a line nice. I've said a lot. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you can tell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because it's contemporary, because it's you know here and now, you can set it in your group's favorite you know bar and use landmarks. Go to you know Ravenna Park. Go to um, cool. you know Jobar Cafe, the, the St James Cathedral. Like you can go to these places that everyone knows and can envision. So it makes communicating your ideas way easier. When you like you said, you go to the car. Going to the car is way easier than going into the water temple. You know, like mm-hmm. people can rationalize what being on a highway looks like, and so it makes as a game master. Yeah, there's there's still like the is it personality type. Like you still need to be willing to talk at people mm-hmm. um, and be creative enough to like yeah go along with people. But yeah, it's just there's less barrier to entry. I feel like. Oh, so you know this is interesting. So Catalyst is your your very first game that you designed, right? Correct. So. You were going, and you said you you kind of thought of it during while well, you were going to culinary school. Mm-hmm. So, how how did that? When did you actually pull the trigger to do it? And how did this world develop in your mind? And and then you find, at some point you must you must have said, you know what, screw it, I'm I'm taking a risk here. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do game design. I'm gonna I'm gonna waste all my money in the hopes that this will pan out. <laughs> Thank you, Kickstarter backers, for sure to waste all my money. Um, oh, jeez. So. Yeah, the world came about... Like, I've been thinking of the Catalyst universe for a long time. Like, it was originally going to be a video game back in 2006. Like, there's been iterations of, of like, code and stuff for that. Uh, but it, I think for an RPG, you just have to have, like, a very solid and view of the universe. Like, you can have hooks in for, for GMs and players to interpret pieces of it. Uh, but you have to have an internally consistent logic, and that's that's feedback we've gotten from players. That, like the magic systems, like the way spells work, is all consistent and makes sense, and is is okay. a, just universal constant. Um, like yeah, the presentation, the tone is all very from a mindset that yeah has been in in my head for years. Has been my like escapist daydream as I, as I wander <laughs> right, around. So yeah. this is probably a, a world that you've developed in your in, in your mind, mm-hmm. I guess, and yeah. uh, you know this. Uh, and this developed at some point. You just went, you know what? I'm going to put it on paper. Yeah. And you probably thought in your head all the politics and the character in the world and all that. That's, that's hard. You're, you're like Tolkien, man. I wouldn't go that far. Tolkien, right here. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that. That's that a big difference. Yeah. Oh, burn. sick birds. <laughs> now, when you're playing it, you can basically be set anywhere. Cause I heard you did a, like a demo in Moscow, Idaho. Yeah. And so you, I could like have the game and like be basically based here in Everett. Oh yeah, uh, that, we're doing that right now over there. Um, yeah, with like our campaigns, our pre-written ones that uh, people can get. Uh, we have one set in 
like Grand Junction, Colorado slash the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we have one in New York and London. Uh, we have a Seattle-based one called Sins of Seattle. Cool. Which, uh, yeah. Uh, is that where uh, everyone talks a lot? Or, uh, yeah, that, that is that is a big open-ended one in which the players are refugees. <laughs> the players are refugees from Portland, uh, and their caravan is attacked along the way, making them the only survivors. They're uh, like adopted by the Church of Destiny, who views them as the chosen ones set to unite the town. And they're tasked with, uh, before the big demon invasion in a week, getting food, guns, and public support. Uh, for, the, for the militia forces um, and there's a lot of rival factions who disagree and uh, including a merchant's guild running out of Pike Place Market that is controlling the arms trade um, the Skagit farmers uh, you know who are being unprotected and need support uh, wow. and a weird dungeon where one of the seven sins happens that I don't know if we can talk about on this podcast uh, happens in the basement of the Cha-Cha Lounge. Well, that is interesting. Excellent. (laughs) Um, There's definitely a whole world there. uh, It's it's fun. But yeah, like like I said, you can meet anywhere. Um, And yeah, it just makes people more into it. Um, Well, actually, in the spirit of OrcaCon, we have one set in my hometown of Flagstaff that is based on the uh, Navajo creation story. Uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but the uh, Deneba, the Fourth World story about like yeah the, the crossover of, of the first man, first woman, and and uh, the two coyotes, and as they progress through and fight demons and monsters in their their story. Wow, so players cool. Hear that very cool. Yeah, so is it like where you get to? Um, well, tell us. It's like. Is it like other role-playing games where you pick a certain character and you're going, you're, you're following a certain track? I mean, what, what, yeah, um, what is that and what are the different characters that you can choose? Or? So the way you, you build a character in Catalyst, um, you pick what they were before the Apocalypse... Uh, so there's a list of background templates uh, that affect your stats. So like uh, a poor podcaster. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, great. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one, my favorite character, Johnny Danger, uh, who walks you through character creation. His um, he was a vandal was his first thing as a child. Uh, so you know street punk tagged things, uh, but he wasn't smart enough to go to college when all his friends were. So he was stuck in his small podunk town. Uh, he got addicted to anime, internet culture, that sort of thing, MMOs. Uh, so his midlife is a larper. Uh, uh, which gives him bonus to magic. Uh, but yeah, when the demons came, he chose to reinvent himself as action hero Johnny Danger. <laughs> uh, so, and then after you pick what you were, you pick what you become, uh, and you spend just every level you get seven points you can put into like your base attributes okay. of strength, intelligence, or you can learn magic, you can learn spells, you can get a, a gun, you can learn wilderness survival. Uh, you craft the character you want. So you can specialize later, later on. You can specialize or you can not. Or you can be as broad as, as you need. Um, yeah, it's really it's really about making the character one. There's no classes. There's not like you are the mage, you are the fighter. It okay. is I am the guy who can throw you uh, thirty meters of my brain and is a trick shot with a gun. You're the person who can uh, help us survive in the desert and also uh, can you know spend their blood to heal me. Wow. You know. Okay. Cool. Me yeah. like real life. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Just, just any, any group of bros. Yeah. Like that guy who throws blood at you. Hanging out. <laughs> hey man, not doing good here. You're like, here's some blood. Like, yeah. <laughs> blood over here, please. Yeah. Call it slow Tuesdays. Yeah. That's what that is. Awesome. Well, that's really cool. So, so with that, um, is just um, like, what was the first RPG you ever played? Uh, it was uh, the first tabletop one I played was D and D three five. The first. Uh, role-playing video game I played was Arcanum, which I don't know if you guys have heard of that one. No. 
It's uh, it's by Troika. It's the, the guys who did the original two Fallout games. Okay. Uh, they made uh, they made a Tolkien esque game, so with elves and orcs and everything, but set in Victorian era, and it really played along with a lot uh-huh. of the, the racial tensions and stuff. So like orcs are in, uh, indentured factory workers, and there's a side quest super good involving a charismatic half orc labor union leader who's like striking for rights. Um, yeah, the el- like humans have got technology, and there's like, the whole balance of like magic and technology, and they're like cutting down the elf forest, uh, right. you know, yeah. logging. It's it's a super good game. Uh, I borrowed a lot of the like, leveling mechanics because okay. that game does a similar thing of you pick a background to start, and then you get a point every level to spend anywhere. And it was really about custom like tailoring your character, and it got rid of the incentive of having to max out because like in D and D. Like, you have to get a certain point to be cool. Like, right. yeah. you know, as a druid, man, you need to get to level 7 to get that 4th level spell. Right. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. Well, so, Alex, you know, it sounds like a really cool game, but, you know, how are the listeners going to get your game? Now, how, oh, man. How do, they how, should... how do we purchase your game? Ah, uh, through numerous ways. Uh, money <laughs> is needed. Uh, Money's always important. Okay. Um, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, I'm out. Oh, we also have a challenge here. How about bartering chickens, maybe? Uh, at most cons, we have a challenge where if you can sink a quarter in a shot glass from a pretty long distance, I'll give you a copy of the game. Oh. Yeah, uh, I saw that over there. Um, for the record, did not even get close, but yeah. someone did, the next guy did. Oh, really? Nice. nice. Um, so uh, you can go to cherrypickgames.com, mm-hmm. uh, see all our stuff there. We have a store. We'll ship it to you. Uh, we also are on Amazon. Uh if you just search Catalyst, unfortunately it comes up with Catalyst Game Lab stuff, which was a huge <laughs> oversight on my part. Um, <laughs> lessons. Uh, so, yeah, look for a Catalyst RPG on Amazon or uh, stores around the Seattle area or Indie Press Revolution is our distributor. If you're a game store and want to carry Catalyst, you should do that. Very, very cool. <laughs> now, there's, while I'm playing games, there's this other thing I like to do. It's, it's imbibe alcohol. I understand you have another game that's based on combining those two things. It's a wonderful concept. Uh, and actually, during, nice early, <laughs> during earlier playtests of Catalyst, uh, because I, I played with a bunch of friends who are coincidentally Australian, not that it has anything to do with that stereotype, um, <laughs> but it became canonical that you could just summon wine as your character because like, yeah. we always had a giant <laughs> glass of wine. Um, yeah, so our other game, Drink. 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 Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, it's I went less for the online marketing and more the if you go to a store and you see it and there's mm-hmm. a game called Drink yeah. uh, there's no delusion importantly uh, it's Drink with an exclamation point um, so yeah Drink is our, is our drinking game for house parties or board game nights or wake or something I don't know I don't know what you do um, all the above I don't yeah. judge uh, podcast I was telling these guys this is the most sober I've ever been on a podcast because I'm not playing Drink during it uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah the way the way Drink works is uh Every, there's a deck of cards, 150 of them. They all say a thing on them, uh, an action or a phrase. So there's a card that says uh, saying the word like or touching your face or looking at your phone. Whenever you see someone do the thing on your card, you tell them to drink. Uh, your goal is to figure out what everyone else's card says and vice versa. Uh, if you guess correctly, so if I figure out, let's say, your card is uh, mm-hmm. complaining... Um, I would take your card that counts as a victory point I can still call out that rule if I want uh, and you get a new card uh, play, like the winners whoever uh, guessed the most cards second place was whoever drank the most uh, the game ends when you're you know around a bonfire or like you know a cuddle puddle or something <laughs> again I don't judge your life um, 
And yeah, it's just super so, easy. So when you see someone do their thing that's on your card, is there a, a, a lag time do you have? Yeah, you, you can have like a few seconds. Uh, we okay. encourage you to like let them finish their sentence or whatever, their anecdote. Okay. Um, just so you're not a jerk. Uh, <laughs> and also, yeah, there's a, that little bit of obfuscation. And if people aren't getting it, you can call a little tighter. Yeah. Um, yeah. How many cards are there in the deck? Uh, 150, including t- 10 uh, house rules cards where you can okay. write in your own okay. thing. Very, very uh, but they're cool. all stuff we play test and research to make sure people actually do and can guess. Okay. Um, this is again where the improv helped because watching right. a bunch of people just make up stuff on stage yeah. tells you what people <laughs> tend to yeah. do. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of house parties there. At some point, I had a running tally of how many times I was hung over uh, <laughs> play testing this game. I'm, I'm a lightweight. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, they're all like proven to like happen, and people will do. Yeah, the 140 of them, which is more than enough for 30 person house oh, yeah. party. Oh yeah. Um, and even if you've memorized them, the game has a built-in mechanic to make sure you don't have an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, like you said, you would guess that my I have the card complaining. What would clue you to the fact that I had the card that said complaining? Because every time I was whining, you told me to drink. Oh, yeah. I got it. So, yeah. okay, I see what you're saying. And you're like, oh, and I can only tell you what, I can only call people out on what my card says. Correct. Got it. Uh, or well, any card you've won. But yeah, so the game, like, so, so you'll be you'll be talking, hanging out, or playing a board game, or whatever you're doing, and someone will say, drink. And you'll, you'll be sipping, and you'll be like, what did I do with the last 10 seconds of my life? Which is a scarily hard question. I see what you're saying now. Especially after the third drink. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the game has a balancing mechanic. Uh, it also, <laughs> we encourage you to alternate between beer and water. Yeah. Uh, or whatever your beverage choice. You don't have to play drink of alcohol. Uh, you can have your sober friends play, and they, they will do better than you at the game. Yeah, no way. Um, drink a Capri Sun. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is a sip of a beer. It's not a shot. We don't... Right. We, Cherry Pick Games is not responsible for any uh, alcohol poisoning. <laughs> so, so the... Uh, how did you... You must have got both these games financed through Kickstarter. Is that how you did that? That is correct. Oh, good, good. And, uh, and how long ago was the... Uh, so you did Catalyst how many years ago, and then and then what? Uh, Catalyst funded in 2014 and shipped to backers in May or June of 2015. And then Drink was Drink was funded in December of 2015, uh, and is on a boat from China right now. Oh, okay, yep. and then very exciting. That's, that's there's there's boat tracking uh, <laughs> sites. And now you t- you told us that you've got another game. Can you tell us a little bit? Can, yeah, why not? A little sneak peek. And do uh, sneak peek. Yeah, and if they're in the Seattle area, they should totally come and help us play test it. Okay. Um, so our next game is called Conspire, and I don't have that elevator pitch down yet. Uh, but it is basically a hidden role storytelling game. And the way it works is, as a group, we come up with a scene, a moment in, in time and space that is rife with conflict and mystery and duplicity, all the, all the fun stuff. Um, the, my, one of my favorites so far is uh, we had to elect the cyber pope of Neo-Rome. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, again, I, I am a firm disbeliever the game shouldn't be taken seriously. Did this come out of the drinking game? <laughs> uh, no, this is... I mean, yeah, I, we, were, we were drinking, but... Because <laughs> I have a problem. Not being, no. um, anyway, uh, so, so you pick a scene, uh, and then... You know, there's there's a goal to it. Like in this one, he was electing the cyber pope. We had another one that was um, we had in Victorian London a group of nobles and then the underground sewer dwellers arguing about the fate of the sewer system. Um, 
but yeah, so once that's done, uh, everyone gets a roll sheet, and they, they everyone contributes a role that they think belongs in the scene. Okay. This is like an archetype. Uh, okay. It's not a specific okay. character. Okay. It's like okay. a, um, so for uh, the, the Cyberpope one, there was the conservative cardinal. Uh, there was the level 60 bureaucrat. Uh, there was the elite hacker. There was the AI of the last pope uh, downloaded onto a disc or uploaded onto a disc. Uh, there was the clickbait media magnet. Because, uh, you know, it's 2800, so it's the only media there's left. Um, and so, you know, we, everyone added one. Uh, and again, with like the yes ending, like as long as it was not a specific person, it wasn't like Steve the janitor, uh, Steve the podcast host. I'm sorry, Steve is my go-to name. So all right, I'm sorry. Well, I like it. Um, and janitor, maybe that's some third job. Um, so once you once everyone's contributed one, you shuffle them up, deal them back out, and then everyone secretly adds three goals or objectives that character needs to achieve. Uh, so, for example, the the level sixty bureaucrat just wanted to ensure a fair pope election, uh, but he also wanted to make sure like the status quo was maintained and that the hacker was was kicked out. Those were his three goals. Um, and then after everyone's done that, you shuffle them again and you get a sheet that it, you have had no involvement with. Yeah. Uh, and then you go into a storytelling mode. You go into role playing. So you take on a person within that role. Okay. Probably not exposing it, especially if you're like the hacker or someone. And you narrate trying to get this your objectives achieved. Cool. Uh, the only other mechanic is that everyone has three influence tokens they can spend to make anything about the world true. Okay. Uh, so in our game, robots had souls. They also had more rights than humans. <laughs> um, I like that. Uh, someone spent one to say there were a bunch of dogs with silly hats in the papal quarters. That was a great use of that. Yes. Um, uh, but yes, again, in the spirit of yes, Andy, you can't deny anything. You have to like expand upon the world. Okay. Um, yeah, so the narration just happens, and it's kind of like a set time, you know, to you pick a vote. Um, we did not... I, I think in our first game, I think we voted to have uh, the second coming of Jesus as a robot, in, as the Pope, so that was probably good for people. Um, in the second game, we almost elected literal Satan. Oh, okay. That was someone's role, was literal Satan. <laughs> um, so that was a worse election. And then each each round, you edit stuff slightly. You change one goal and then mix it up again. So okay. it just builds on your group's okay. needs and stuff. Anyway. So, sounds awesome. When is that going to be available on Kickstarter? Uh, a few months. I don't know. We're, we're like hashing out the art design right now and okay. some of the playtesting stuff. And if somebody wants to playtest it with you, um, how do they... Uh, they should hit us up on any one of our social media circles. <laughs> um, oh, the media social. Yeah. Which are again... Which are... Well, we have... Your names on. We have... Facebook.com slash Cherry Pick Games. Uh, Instagram is Cherry underscore Picked underscore Games. And then our Twitter is at Cherry P-I-K-D Games. Because Excellent. that character limit. <laughs> uh, or you can just go to our website, which is CherryPickGames.com, and see all this stuff there. Perfect. Well, and then, also with that is, like, kind of what's the component count with this new game you're talking about? Because I guess for me, I'm kind of seeing, like, in my head this mix of, like, Paper pencil RPG, yeah, but at the same time, I, I picture yeah, something was... like the Resistance or Coup. So, what is kind of the component? Like uh, that's going to be it's more akin to microscope and components. It'll just be a, a small like guidebook. Um, I think one of the Kickstarter things will have like influence tokens come with it, uh, but. Adding a box of components uh, inflates the price a lot, and we'd rather like for for Conspire, we're looking to hit like a fifteen dollar price point for just a little book. Oh, wow. Undercut microscope because yeah. yeah, that book is twenty dollars for a hundred pages of no art. Uh, we're also gonna have art. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on that note. Uh, yeah, artist uh, Jake Breesh is working on style right now. It's gonna be like cool. glass-eyed puppets with like masks on it. To, uh, okay. It's kind of 
the people in their roles. That's not scary at all. With a lot of like <laughs> a lot of like Illuminati symbolism, you know, like the, the Eye of Providence and right. uh, lots of nightmare fuel there. Like yeah, well, it's, cre- it's a creepy world where no one knows who you are, and you might elect literal Satan as the Pope. <laughs> well, Alex, uh, we're about we're almost out of time, but is there anything else you'd like to add uh, um, or say to the listeners? Uh, and definitely make a pitch because we want to hear it again where, where we can buy your stuff and right. maybe definitely, where def- we can see your info. Uh definitely yeah visit cherrypickgames.com for all our stuff uh, we post where we're going to be we're going to be at uh, not only this game day and OrcaCon proper in January mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be at Dragonflight next month wow. I'm going to see you there yeah. that's awesome okay. uh, we're going to be at Big Bad Con in Walnut Creek California in October okay. which is an RPG and LARPing convention awesome. I will probably LARP as Johnny Danger <laughs> uh, in my red trench coat and skater shoes and skinny jeans. Um, let's see. Uh, drink comes out soon. Uh, it's right now twenty dollars for a pre-order, including shipping. So you should get on that now. Cool. Uh, with, all, with all those cards and that big heavy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of replayability there. Oh, and that's the other thing I want to mention because it's a podcast. Sure. Is that drink is uh, every card is illustrated. There is a different like little character doing the thing a little fun drawing on every card it's not a cards against humanity just white text on black card kind of thing uh they look good and people will want to look through the cards and have fun that's, um, that's a lot potentially there's 140 different illustrations 150 yeah wow. 150 uh yeah anyway so check that out uh, follow us on social media uh oh we do a drop-in game of catalyst every thursday at card kingdom in ballard seattle uh 7 p.m just come in for a little one-offs. No experience required. No commitment required because Seattle hates commitment. Are you going to be on any panels at, at OrgaCon? Or, uh... I don't know. I haven't submitted any yet. I kind of want to do one about designing social games, but okay. um, I'm also lazy. No. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, oh, what else? Oh, improv. Uh, come see me at Comedy Sports. Uh, I'm often the bartender there, but sometimes I play, uh, mostly on Sundays, uh, for the matinee. All right. All right. I clearly am supposed to do the shows for children. <laughs> Where is that? Uh, Comedy Sports Seattle is in Fremont at the Atlas Theater, which is in the back of a weird vintage clothing store. It's kind of like Narnia, but with comedy instead of Jesus allegory. <laughs> and that's, uh, what, Friday or Saturday is that we're going to see uh, you? Or? A Friday, Saturday, Sunday is when we do our shows. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know my schedule that far in advance, but just come anyway. Okay. Uh, just come. Uh, two Sundays from now, i got a show. Okay. I will be funny. Well, thank cool. you. Awesome. As, as, as you are now, that's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Alex, uh, for, thank you for so doing much. this. We appreciate it, because we're Paul, pretty Steve desperate Joe, for it. And we're desperate for interviews from uh, outsider staff. So thank you very much. <laughs> oh, no problem. I, I love other people's desperation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Weird. Thanks. All right, I'm going to go right, on that now. Cool interview with Alex Jarabic. You know, you were basically listening to a rerun of an old cancel show. But tell me you're not watching old episodes of Firefly. Yes, you are. Oh, and by the way, we lasted longer. Anyway, check out episode two coming soon, unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case, just click to the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening. Embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Podcast. 
featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.